Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Definitely not had our breakfast today. I know after Ramadan you don't feel that hungry, but it is a sunnah prior to coming to the Salat of Eid, at least to have something sweet, meaning dates. So you've not had your dates today. Let's try one more time. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. A little bit better, inshallah. You're going to show yourselves that you can do much better, inshallah, when we do the takbir now. So now, mashallah, at the front, we're hearing the imams doing the takbir, but at the back, it's like everybody was like nodding off when I, when I walked in. So let's, inshallah, show the whole of Birmingham and the whole of the UK and the whole of the world how much we love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, how grateful we are for having such an amazing Ramadan that Allah blessed us to fast for the whole month. We stood in prayer, alhamdulillah. We gave in charity and we stood in solidarity with our Palestinian brothers and sisters who are defending Masjid Al-Aqsa on behalf of the whole Muslim Ummah. They are alone. They are doing it by themselves, fulfilling such a great obligation. And Allah blessed you and me also to stand with them let us raise our voices in takbir to show that yes, we are still here. We haven't forgotten Masjid Al-Aqsa and we love Allah and His Rasul and His Deen. Recite the takbir with me. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. La ilaha illallah, Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar Walillahi Alhamd Some of you I can't hear you Allahu Akbar Allahu Akbar Allahu Akbar La ilaha illa Allah Allahu Akbar Allahu Akbar Walillahi Alhamd Allahu Akbar Allahu Akbar Allahu Akbar La ilaha illa Allahu Allahu Akbar Allahu Akbar Walillahi Alhamd Alhamdulillah Alhamdulillah, nahmaduhu wa nasta'inuhu wa nasta'ufiruhu wa nu'minu bihi wa natawakkanu alayhi wa na'udhu billahi min shururi anfusina wa min sayyati amalina man yahdihillahu falamudilla lahu wa man yudlilhu falahadiyalahu wa nashhadu an la ilaha illa allahu wahdahu la sharika lahu wa nashhadu anna sayyidana wa maulana muhammadan عبده ورسوله صلى الله تعالى عليه وعلى آله وصحبه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم بارك على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد كما باركت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد 
Firstly, I just want to share something personal. I was having a discussion with our Imam of this masjid, Mawlana Junaid. May Allah protect him and keep him safe, grant him plentiful barakah. And a few, this was a few days ago. And we were just discussing as, as an Imam or somebody that leads the prayer or delivers the khutbah, especially on Eid and throughout the month of Ramadan. Um, I, I'm, I'm talking about for the last approximately 15 years. It's been, this has been the experience and what we've been going through is throughout Ramadan you're busy and the last 10 days become extremely intense. And then the day of Eid, so you've got your normal Eid preparation, ironing your clothes, getting all the gifts ready, preparing anything for the next day before we, you know, just getting everything done and tidy and clean. And then it's usually quite late already. And when everybody goes to bed, as an Imam, what happens is you remember that we need to prepare for the Eid Khutbah. So like everyone's got retired now and you're exhausted already from Ramadan, but then you have the extra responsibility that, hang on, I can't go to sleep now because now I have to make sure that I'm prepared to be able to speak to the people the following day and share an important message with them. However, this year was quite different. Uh, Somehow it just so happened Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allowed to have some extra time. So I personally was quite well prepared a couple of weeks in advance. I knew exactly I'd planned and prepared what I was going to share with the congregation. I thought it was suitable and relevant for the time. However, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala plans in different ways and he knows best why he does what he does. And after seeing the recent events in Masjid al-Aqsa and throughout the whole world today, globally there has been a call to all of the imams that today's khutbah must be dedicated to the cause of the palestinians and masjid al-aqsa i had to leave aside what i had planned and prepared and join the rest of the world alhamdulillah as a masjid we discuss this cause on a regular basis anyway but in solidarity with our palestinians in masjid al-aqsa and with all of the other a'imma and speakers throughout the world i also will join them inshallah and we will raise our voices and make ourselves heard and spend these few moments inshallah on this most blessed day remembering learning and understanding about masjid al-aqsa whatever we can may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq now i don't plan to sit here and you know speak about it in in length or speak about the history or even speak about what's happened recently because we've already done that in the last few days what i wish to do is just highlight uh, a handful of points if time allows i've got six points here which i thought that maybe i can share with you if time allows we can go through all of them if it doesn't then we can touch upon a few of them just points which i feel are misconceptions misunderstandings something where a lot of people are confused in regards to very basic points so that today inshallah when you leave from here when you meet your family your relatives your friends and whoever you go and see when you're sitting at that dinner table or you're socializing with your friends or families or associates this can be your topic of discussion you can clarify some of these misconceptions so that the muslim ummah starts to learn and becomes closer to masjid al-aqsa and its cause inshallah without any further ado let's get straight into it first question and first point what is masjid al-aqsa what is masjid al-aqsa i believe 
98 or 99.9% of the Muslim Ummah will not be able to correctly define what Masjid Al-Aqsa is. And I don't think that's an exaggeration. I include in that also many learned people and many people who have also visited Masjid Al-Aqsa as well. This is so common, this misunderstanding and misconception is so common that we're seeing it again and again. And you might think, why? Why is it so important? Definitions are very important because as a result of not understanding this, uh, the, the action taken by many people, the remarks made by many people, and the condition we're seeing ourselves in, one of the reasons is because of not understanding this basic and very uh, foundational issue. So, very simple. What is Masjid Al-Aqsa? Masjid Al-Aqsa is not, now I want you to memorize this so that for the rest of your lives you can go out there and change the understanding of the whole world and teach them what the truth is. Masjid Al-Aqsa is not the name of a building. I say it again. Masjid Al-Aqsa is not the name of a building. Masjid Al-Aqsa is not the name of a monument. Masjid Al-Aqsa is the name of a land which is 144,000 square meters. It has the capacity of half a million people. There are more than 200 monuments that stand on that land. The land has many levels. It has a lower level, a ground level, and an upper level. On the upper level, we find the Dome of the Rock, which is the Dome of the Rock is situated approximately in the center of Masjid Al-Aqsa and it forms the most important part of Masjid Al-Aqsa. I bet nobody's told you this before. Rather, they've told you the opposite. The Dome of the Rock forms the most important and central part of Masjid Al-Aqsa. It's the heart of Al-Aqsa. The heart of Masjid Al-Aqsa from where our beloved Prophet ascended to the heavens. How can that not be part of Masjid Al-Aqsa? When the Prophet actually ascended to the heavens from the actual rock itself. So Masjid Al-Aqsa is 144,000 square meters of land. Everything on it, beneath it, surrounding it. Within those walls, everything in there is Masjid Al-Aqsa. There's about 600 olive trees inside Masjid Al-Aqsa. There are a num number of buildings. Some of them are roof spaces. In the southern end, you have the green dome or the grayish dome area, which is known as the Musalla Al-Qibli or the Jami Al-Qibli. Generally, people mistake that and say that's Masjid Al-Aqsa. If you say that's Masjid Al-Aqsa, that building can only accommodate probably up to 5,000 people. You're limiting Masjid Al-Aqsa, the building, the, 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 the masjid which can hold up to half a million people. If you limit it to 5,000, what does that mean? The incursions and the breakings that are happening. This is a result of misunderstanding because people say, Oh, they're not going into Masjid Al-Aqsa. They're going around in the spaces. So it's fine. Let them do it. And this is why it's happening. Because you and I, we haven't corrected our understanding. So again, Masjid Al-Aqsa 
is a land 144,000 square meters has the capacity of half a million people has more than 200 monuments the dome of the rock is situated in the approximate center of Masjid al-Aqsa and there are many other buildings and monuments including mihrabs including wells including water fountains it's probably one of the most unique masjids you will ever find in the entire world so that's point number one so when somebody says that they're going to destroy Masjid Al-Aqsa, well, you can't really destroy it. It can't be destroyed as such because it's not, a, it's not a building that you can knock down. When you saw that tree burning, when you saw fire burning a couple of days ago and people were circulating it, Masjid Al-Aqsa was not on fire. That was it, one tree that they burnt. You can't burn Masjid Al-Aqsa down. It's not possible because it's not a building like this. It's much bigger than that. Many buildings have come and gone on that particular land. Yesterday, there were certain buildings that weren't there that they are today. Tomorrow, there'll be certain buildings that are not there today. And it doesn't, the buildings will come and go. It's not the buildings, it's the entire land. Whatever comes on it will be included in it. So the fire that you saw, that was just a tree burning. Alhamdulillah, they extinguished the fire. And today, just before I arrived, I checked and Alhamdulillah, we had more than 100,000 worshippers performing Salatul Eid peacefully inside Masjid Al-Aqsa, Alhamdulillah. So that's number one. Number two, we've always heard about this conspiracy. I don't know where this comes from, but everyone talks about it. What's this conspiracy? They say it's a conspiracy of the enemies or those who don't like us or who don't want us to believe in the correct facts. It's a conspiracy. They want you to believe the dome of the rock is Masjid Al-Aqsa. Shall I tell you something? That's a conspiracy itself. To believe that's a conspiracy is a conspiracy in itself because the truth is the total opposite. It would work in their favor for, for you to believe that the one that everybody points to, the green or the gray dome building, is Masjid Al-Aqsa. Why? Because for them, the most significant place is the Dome of the Rock and everything beneath it. They call it Qudsul Aqdas. They say that is the place where man meets God. And no one is allowed to, according to their beliefs, no one is allowed to actually enter into there. That's how holy it is. They call it the Holy of the Holies. And the holiest place on the entire planet. They believe that that is where the Prophet Abraham sacrificed Isaac. We don't believe that. It was Ibrahim who sacrificed Ismail in Mina. According to their belief, on that rock, it is where Abraham sacrificed Isaac, according to biblical narrations, according to the Torah, etc. Again, it's been changed and uh, you know, adapted according to their understanding. So this in itself is a conspiracy. And we should not listen to it. Don't pay any attention to it. I've explained to you already what Masjid Al-Aqsa is. And the importance of the Dome of the Rock cannot be undermined. I'm just going to tell you two reasons amongst many. Because time is short. Number one, I've already mentioned. The Prophet ﷺ on the night of Mi'raj, when he ascended to the heavens, he ascended either from on top of the rock or next to the rock. How can that not be part of Masjid Al-Aqsa? It's the most significant part of Masjid Al-Aqsa, if anything. So don't listen to anybody that tells you it's all over the internet. You get YouTube clips and people are circulating this for years and years. 
this conspiracy is a conspiracy in itself. Number one. And number two, in the past, we believe that Masjid al-Aqsa was the first tibla of the Muslims. So if you're outside Masjid al-Aqsa, you'd be facing towards the entire Masjid, like we face towards Masjid al-Haram. But what if you're inside Masjid al-Aqsa? Which direction would you have faced in? Which direction would you have faced in? When you're in the Haram, inside, which direction do you face to? You face towards the Kaaba. So in the previous times when the Qibla used to be Masjid al-Aqsa and you were inside, the rock which is situated beneath the dome of the rock, that was the Qibla. How can that not be part of Masjid al-Aqsa? That's the heart. Not just the heart of Masjid al-Aqsa, it's the heart of this Ummah. And in the Quran, Mi'raj took place in the heart of the life of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And this ayah, Subhanalladhi asra bi'abdihi laylam min al-masjid al-haram, is situated in the heart of the Quran. So it's the heart of the heart of the heart of the heart. As long as this continues to beat, the Ummah will continue to beat. When this starts to bleed, this is when the Ummah will bleed as well. So this was clarification number two. Number three. So where's the temple? They say there's a temple somewhere and they want to build a temple. Where is the temple? Again, for clarification purposes, a temple has never stood in the place where Masjid al-Aqsa stands ever in history. Never. Never in the past. It doesn't today. And inshallah, it will never do so. There has never been a temple. It has always been a masjid. It is a masjid and it will always remain as a masjid, insha'Allah. There are the top Israeli archaeologists. They admit and confirm that after years of digging and archaeological findings, they have never found any remnants or any evidence to prove that a temple once stood where Masjid al-Aqsa stands today. And this is by the confession of the top Israeli archaeologists. So a temple, there's no such thing as the temple of Solomon. Suleiman alayhi salam, what did he build? He did the reconstruction of Masjid al-Aqsa. That takes me on to our next point. Very quickly, I've been told I've only got a couple of minutes. Very quickly, I'm going to quickly end by mentioning that our history, the history of the Muslims and Masjid al-Aqsa goes way beyond the history of any other nation or any other faith. Our history didn't start 1400 years ago, as people are saying to us, that we came before you, you came after us. No. Our history with Masjid al-Aqsa started many years that before that from the time of Prophet Adam alayhi salam. Because the first to build Masjid al-Aqsa, again, something for you to learn and share with everyone you see today, the first person to build Masjid al-Aqsa was Prophet Adam alayhi salam 40 years after he built the Kaaba. This is in the Hadith. So he built the Kaaba. 40 years later, he built Masjid al-Aqsa. So our history goes way beyond. So if anybody tells us that you came after us, that's wrong. We'll say you came after us. We have been there from the time of Adam alayhi salam, number one. And number two, maybe you did come after us and maybe your prophets were there. However, on the night of Mi'raj, when all of the prophets stood behind, 
and they pushed the Prophet ﷺ to the front. This was a flagship ceremony where every Prophet of every past nation handed over the flag and the, uh, and the keys of Masjid Al-Aqsa to the Prophet ﷺ, declaring that now this is no longer our reign, our rule has now ended. We are handing this over to you, O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Number five, what does it mean when we say Masjid al-Aqsa was the first Qibla? Very simply, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam all throughout his life in Makkah and the Sahaba and also 16 or 17 months in Medina Munawwara, they prayed towards Masjid al-Aqsa. Do the maths. How many years did prophethood last? 23 years was prophethood. Out of 23 years, how many years did the Muslims face Masjid al-Aqsa? 14 and a half years. Most of the Prophet wasallam and the Sahaba's life, their salah was towards Masjid al-Aqsa. Most. And then the last eight years was towards the Kaaba. Just digest that. That just tells you how significant. Imagine the Sahaba, how strongly they were connected to Masjid al-Aqsa. 14 and a half years, their Qibla was Masjid al-Aqsa and Baytul Maqdis. And my last and final point is, this is not a Palestinian issue. We can't leave it to them alone. This is not an Arab issue. This is a Muslim issue. If you are a Muslim, then this is your duty, your responsibility to stand up for this cause, to protect the honor of Masjid Al-Aqsa and to do something. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forget our, forgive our inaction up until today. Very simply put, what can we do and what is the solution? The solution is the same that we find in the seerah of the Prophet This is the solution. Three-step plan. And this is necessary. Step number one, we must have the correct knowledge and understanding. We need to learn about Masjid Al-Aqsa, about Palestine, about Al-Quds. This is step number one. This, and you find this in the seerah. The Prophet Sallallahu the Sahaba, the first so many years, they were learning. Verses of the Quran were coming down. They were learning the importance, the significance, and the virtues. And they were becoming connected to it. Then next on number two comes political activism and engagement. That comes number two. We're trying to do that first. Whereas if you don't know why you're fighting for a cause, sometimes it can be counterproductive. And on number three, then comes further intervention that is required. So step number one is to learn and to study. In light of this, inshallah, so that this doesn't become something where we just base it on our emotions. When something happens in Al-Aqsa, we all cry and we stand up. As soon as it goes quiet, we forget about it. No. So that we can continue, inshallah, uh, hopefully through the barakah of Ramadan, we've made an intention, inshallah, I was speaking to Brother Adil, was it yesterday or the day before, that inshallah, we hope to now, soon, we will announce, inshallah, start something off which is on a regular basis, where we can learn becomes an educational platform for the whole Muslim world really to learn more about Masjid Al-Aqsa something on a regular basis on a long-term basis where we have an educational platform and a resource it's where we can learn we can study and it's an ongoing progressive thing where we can in, 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 increase our knowledge inshallah which will be free for everybody to access may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us a tawfiq 
basically watch this space inshallah very soon once we've decided how and when to go about it we will release the news may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq wa akhiru da'wana and alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen